Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. My first guest has a business which aims to reduce the excess carbon in the atmosphere and is selling carbon credits to businesses to offset against their carbon footprint. Morris Bryson from Silicate joins us now to tell us about the business and its first commercial pilot, which is happening in Wexford. Morris, I'd like to start the interview by getting an insight into your own career. Good morning, Carlos. Sure, happy to. So I used to work on big farms in Australia and the UK, so agriculture has been a big interest of mine for a long time. And then I worked in London in sustainable finance, so the kind of money behind uh, good companies, I suppose. And that was after doing a master's in carbon finance in Edinburgh. So I guess my background is kind of twofold, um, farming and then also carbon finance. It's kind of what led me to starting this business, I guess, yeah. So where did the idea for Silicate come from? Genesis is actually COVID. So I moved back to Ireland during COVID and I was reading a paper um, about the potential rocks have to capture carbon. And it kind of played into my strengths because it was involving putting rocks on agricultural land. The science was kind of quite clear, you know, so um, I can study climate change for my undergrad in Scotland as well. We, we have emitted a lot of CO2 into the atmosphere, so we have to take a lot of it out of, out of the atmosphere too. So as well as reducing the emissions we put up there, because we emit about 51 billion tonnes of CO2 every year to the atmosphere, we've emitted way too much, so we have to actually take some out. So how do rocks play a part? And talk to us about the science behind that. Yeah, it's quite cool. Um, so certain rocks, mostly igneous rocks, like basalt and stuff like that, uh, they naturally decay. So if you imagine the giant's causeway, it's breaking down slowly over time. And as it decays, it's capturing CO2. It's just the chemistry of the rock, essentially, uh, what's in the basalt. Um, and as that rock decays, it's, its chemistry is, is it's bonding with the sea from CO2 and it's forming bicarbonate, like a carbonate soda, essentially. And that's a very stable molecule. So once that sea from CO2 um, works its way with the, with the basalt or other igneous rocks, uh, it becomes bicarbonate and then it's locked away for a very long time. So you're talking thousands of years of, years of storage, uh, which is really kind of um, something very cool about enhanced weathering. And this is what silicate does, but we use a different material. So we take uh, concrete. So there's a lot of waste concrete in the world, roughly 20 billion tonnes of concrete produced globally each year. And between 2 and 5% of that is returned. We take this 2 to 5%, so 400 to 1,000 million tonnes of concrete, and we process it, uh, bring it to farms, and we work with farmers to spread it on their fields. And this then forms the bicarbonate, like I was talking about before, and it locks away the CO2 permanently. So win-win for everyone, I suppose. On the basis of a win for everybody, tell us about the benefits which the process can deliver for farmers specifically. Yeah, so I mean, what, what we do is we play, we, we fit into the pH amendment kind of calendar. So farmers have to change the pH of their fields by usually spreading ground limestone. And they'll do that kind of in the spring or after harvest. So that's why at the moment we're quite busy on Wexford farms spreading our material. So just like lime, ground limestone, our material can bring pH up in the fields. So if it gets too acidic after adding too much fertilizer or just adding fertilizer to the fields, you bring the pH up again and your crops then grow at the optimal level. We do that. So the material has the benefit of bringing pH up for farmers, but also um, removing carbon. So the, the real selling point for enhanced weathering, be it with concrete or basalt or any other kind of rock that does it, is that once the the carbon is captured as bicarbonate, it's, it's extremely durable. It's very hard to re-release that CO2 to the atmosphere. So 
Um, but the big selling point I think for farmers is they want to see the pH change in their fields and that's what we can offer them with this material. So your company is completing its first commercial pilot in Wexford. Where in the county is it taking place and how exactly will it work? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're very busy. We've been over there every day in the last few weeks. Um, so we're working with three landowners, three large landowners uh, around the Soaps Mills and uh, Wellington Bridge kind of areas. So kind of right on the coast there for a few of the fields. Um, and so we're talking about 300 acres. So we're spreading about 1,000 tonnes of returned concrete. So it's crushed down to a dust. And then we apply it with lime spreaders. So it's a fine dust landing on the field. So it just kind of dissolves into the ground. Um, so you might see our dust clouds in the air if you're driving by. Uh, we'll be applying materials for the next in a week or so. We believe, anyway, it's the first time this has been done at this scale. So actually using a return concrete as a sole pH manager, we believe this is the first time anywhere in the world it's been done. So a first for Wexford and a first for the world, we think. So why did you start in Wexford and how long will the pilot take to complete? Really, it's just serendipity, I think. You know, as I was saying at the beginning, the idea formed the first summer of COVID. And then I met Professor Frank McDermott, who did a lot of work on baffled weathering. And we decided we'd try and make a go of doing some trials with concrete. And it was really um, a friend of mine, Dennis and Jane O'Connor, uh, down near um, uh, down near Folksmills as well, uh, offered a bit of land to us. And I think just from doing the, the initial trials there in 2021, we were introduced to different farmers. So it's just kind of uh, the way it's worked out. But actually, uh, Wexford is a great place to do it because it's you know quite big fields. Um, the bedrock also is, is good. It's not limestone, which is good. We don't want to see much, too much limestone. It interferes with our signal. Um, and then in terms of the, the duration of the trial, so we'll be spreading materials for the next kind of week and a half, two weeks, and then we'll be monitoring those fields for about a year. So we install little samplers in the ground, and we go to those samplers every month for the next year, and they kind of suck in water from the soil, and we measure what's happening in the water, and that tells us how much carbon we're drawing down. And what results are you hoping to achieve with this pilot? So we'd hope we're going to spread a thousand tonnes, and we hope to get roughly 250 tonnes of carbon dioxide permanently removed from the atmosphere with that. So roughly um, a four to one kind of ratio of concrete to carbon removed. Um, so they're the kind of results we're hoping to get. Maybe we'll do better. You know, the potential for the material is actually a lot better than that. But when you apply material to fields, lots of different things happen. Um, so we'd expect, you know, hopefully to get um, yeah, one tonne of concrete will get us 250 tonne, 250 uh, kilos, sorry, of uh, carbon removed. That's our, that's our goal anyway. And if the results from the pilot are favourable, what are your plans from there? I guess scaling, you know, so we're taking quite a slow approach. You know, we've, we've got this um, great purchase from Klarna. Uh, they've, they've purchased 900 tonnes of carbon removal credits from us and we've got a couple of years to deliver on that. So we want to, you know, scale slowly um, until we understand every little thing that's happening um, but already we're, we're learning so much over the last two years. We've learned learned so much. So you know, we think scaling within Ireland will definitely happen in the next year or so. So we're hopefully going to move beyond Wexford next year. Would be our plan. Um, so we're actively looking for more farmers who are interested in working with us. Uh, and then I think you know other countries. So I think Germany would be a nice country to move to next. Um, obviously the UK and France. And we're actually in talks with um, people in the US to do some work over there potentially next year. And of course, Klarna, who have purchased these credits from yourselves, are a bank that specialise in online financial services in the buy now, pay later space. So what was their motivation for pre-purchasing these credits? I think Klarna has kind of seen very clearly that, you know, to lower emissions, 
is, is one thing you have to do. You know, we all have to lower emissions. So, you know, everything we do, almost in this economy, in this world that we live in now, leads to CO2, the emissions of the air. So I think Clarin is working actively to try and reduce the emissions it actually puts into the atmosphere. But also it knows that it um, has residual emissions and would like to try and offset them. But this is kind of the key thing. I think Clarin has really very clearly kind of made this case, and I, I really am a believer of it, is that rather than just purchasing um, cheap carbon credits uh, and then, you know, staying on paper, we've, we've covered the emissions that we have, and um, they're trying to say, well, why not purchase better quality carbon credits that actually do lead to a positive impact? So instead of kind of offsetting your emissions, they're trying to make a, a climate contribution, as I understand. So trying to support um, high-quality solutions that actually could durably remove CO2 from the atmosphere. So I think you're kind of talking about you know, solutions that aren't um, storing carbon in trees necessarily, because it can be pretty impermanent, um, but more so storing carbon in rocks. So kind of looking at like you know, maybe more than a thousand years um, of storage. So I assume that's kind of Clarence's aim behind it is to make a contribution. So they're they're taking the money from their internal carbon tax. And they're putting, they're they're giving it to companies like ours. There's a few other companies they've chosen, which are, which are also doing amazing things for carbon removal, um, as a way to, I guess, kickstart these companies, um, and to help them develop their solution to, you know, kind of commercial readiness to then hopefully scale a bit further and have wider impact for carbon removal. And Morris, do you expect other companies to follow suit to pre-purchase carbon credits to offset against its own carbon footprint? Absolutely. I think you know the awareness of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is, 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 is only getting um, greater over time. And I think also the awareness of the quality of carbon credits and the ways to remove carbon is also um, developing too. Um, so you're seeing uh, companies like Stripe, you know, run by the, the Limerick Brothers, the Carlson Brothers from Limerick. Um, Stripe is leading a, 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 a consortium of, of companies, including Alphabet and Meta, to the parent companies for Google and Facebook and McKinsey, the consultancy, and a few others um, in purchasing or in creating a, a, a fund to purchase roughly $1 billion worth of carbon removal credits between now and 2030. So essentially, you know, this is one big player joining Klarna in this space. Um, you have a, a group called NextGen CDR. This is being run by South Pole. They're based in London, um, and they also have... Um, a few um, very well-known kind of national institutions involved there. There is definitely growing demand for high-quality solutions to remove carbon. Um, and I think as people, as more companies realise that the cheaper carbon credits that um, can be purchased on the market aren't actually leading to the, aren't actually solving the problem of removing carbon from the atmosphere, but there'll be more interest in these kind of more expensive, uh, but higher quality uh, carbon removal credits, I think, over time. And what is the financial model that underpins your business, Silicate? Essentially, it's the sale of carbon credits. So it's you know um, getting customers like Clarda um, who are willing to support us to um, purchase carbon credits from us. And then we use that money to purchase concrete from, returned concrete from, from suppliers. So we're working with Roadstone on this project in Wexford. Um, they process the material for us, that's crushing it down, and then they deliver it to farms for us. And then we work with farmers then to spread it on the fields. So we cover the cost of the material and we cover the cost of applying it to the fields. So farmers are getting free pH amendment from the material. So, Morris, finally, what are your long-term growth plans for silicate? 
how we scale is really based on the science. So we have to get to a dramatic size um, relatively quickly to have any impact on climate. And um, so we'll do our fundamental work through Wexford and we'll build up our solution, get more customers. And hopefully you know, the business will be at a pretty large scale across different countries around the world in the next few years. Uh, but it's really just building off of this initial commercial pilot uh, here in Wexford. And all we learn from that will help us really to forge a path uh, to a kind of global success, hopefully. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Morris Bryson from Silicate, and it's great that Wexford has been selected as the pilot location for this important scientific research. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast Radio.